Well, welcome back to Don't Slam Your Podcast. I'm as ever your 2.4 host, JD Collins. And it's been a long time since you last heard from me. Um, and I will fill you in over in due time, in due course, not due time, in due course about why there's been a slight gap between series seven and eight. But we have finally made it. We're on the final series of 2.4 Children and thus the final series of Don't Slam Your Podcast. But these will not necessarily be our last ever episodes. Joining me to discuss the first episode fame is a regular guest on the show he's always a joy to have on it was the first episode he ever watched of 2.4 children and he nabbed this one as soon as i announced i was doing the podcast it's the one and only forest forest welcome back thank you for joining me again hi jd great to be here very excited i'm, I'm impressed actually you remembered that this was the first episode that i watched so i was just about to say oh this was the first episode ever that started started the whole show for me if I remember correctly, it was Cyprus you were in or you were on holiday? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I came across it just by chance on, on a channel called BBC Prime, was it? Or BBC Choice? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and there we go. Saw fame. And I thought, wow, this show is fantastic. Um, yeah. I hope I see it again. And I think the words you used were the best experience of your life, was it? Yes, absolutely. No exaggeration. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's an, you know, it's, it's interesting because for a lot of reasons, Series 8 is quite significant, not least the change in the look, which we'll go on to mm-hmm. shortly. But it's mm-hmm. quite amazing that was your first one because going back over, I mean, coming you saying you watched some of the early ones and it just all looks different. The quality, the actors look mm-hmm. obviously different hairstyles and look a bit younger, but obviously they don't age much. They don't age much in the series because they look still fantastic in this series. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, when I, when I um, came back to the UK from Cyprus and uh, I was channel surfing, and I came across 2.4 Children. I thought, oh, there's that show I saw in Cyprus. Clicked, clicked onto it and it was Dirty Bowling. And yeah, for a few seconds, I actually thought, um, is this just the same programme? And then obviously it's because of I realised that I went straight from Series 8 then all the way back then to Series 1. But it was good to see just goes to show how much had changed. I mean, I always do in decades, but really I think that time, I feel like the 2011 to 2019 in TV look didn't change very much. Maybe in mm-hmm. streaming stuff, but, but definitely 91 to 99 looks like almost different show. Oh, completely. And also the fact that, we've got, you know, going from the widescreen to then... Uh, yes. It wasn't widescreen. So yeah. That, 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 yeah, there was a big change in look there. You can tell Series 8 from the rest of the series now that the show is on BBC iPlayer. I think I've said that a million times. It's still on BBC iPlayer for the next eight months. Hopefully, if people, enough people watch, it might be longer. But you can tell that with the first seven series, the way that there's like the cutting off on the sides, the, the sort of black stripes on the side to make it sort of fit into the four, three mm-hmm. ratio. Whereas this is actually widescreen. So it's it's literally fully widescreen. In fact, you can tell because the BBC logo is on the, on the, on the, on the actual episode rather than on the black part of the rest of the series and the thing is i'm actually really pernickety about that because i really dislike watching shows that should have the black bars that are then put on tv that don't have the black bars because they all look strange they all look wide and it yeah. looks horrible and it, it, it makes it look grainy but then it's the same i noticed on britbox that series eight isn't in widescreen and yeah. uh, it's, I mean, obviously, I was thankful that People for Children was on BritBox, but that was slightly um, distracting Series 8 on BritBox, that, that it wasn't the full screen. Yeah, I think now on Gold, since they, they must have done some digital um, sort of cleaning up of the 
filming that it does look a lot clearer now. Mm-hmm. I agree with what you say. Sometimes it does look more grainy, but maybe they just it was just the way it was. Because in the early days of them going to digital, it's probably some teething problems, but now it just mm-hmm. they're able to clear it up. I mean, you can do restorations of 20s silent films and make them look like they were made yesterday. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm trying to trying to um, put off the inevitable <laughs> because it is the final series. There's only six episodes of 2.4 left to record, but great episode to start with. Let's go into it. Fame, but as ever, a lot of changes in the last series of 2.4 Children. Even more change now behind the scenes. So as ever, here's Andrew Marshall. Okay, welcome back everybody from the break. And we've finally reached the last series. And once again, big changes. Now, Nick Wood wasn't available to direct this series as he'd been snitched away by the dreadful Rob Grant to make some terrible programme he was making. And so we were very lucky to, instead of that, get Dewey Humphreys, who'd previously done The Vicar of Dibley and all kinds of things and was another really great director. The other thing is that Rosemary McGowan came in to be our new producer and I went back to writing all the episodes again. You'll notice that the character we introduced in the last episode of the previous series, Declan, the uh, boy that the uh, porters uh, ultimately adopt, is played by a different actor. Now, this is really sad for the original actor. It's one of these things that sometimes just happens for various reasons. I can't entirely remember why we swapped actors at this point. I suspect it was something to do with concerns that we needed a performer who was more experienced in studio recordings, which is why we ended up with a replacement. I can't say it was a pleasant thing to have to do. It, it was it was quite awful, but sometimes you just have to make these um, decisions, and that's the way it went. Anyway, his story evolves throughout the series as we go on, and here we go with episode one. Sort of expanding on from what we mentioned just now, there is a change. First thing to notice is the opening credits have now changed. It's the third sort of major opening credit overhaul. You have ditched the river dance. And now we have a white background, which is more like an illustration of a row of the houses, four, about four houses that represent the Chepstow Road sort of Victorian house look. The doors are coloured. There's yellow, red, green and purple. And the green one represents the Porter's house. But the one thing that has stayed from the series six to seven Riverdance open sequence is um, the, the way that the, the title of 2.4 Children appears. It's like fridge magnets that sort of fly in and appear. And then what I like about these new opening credits is that every episode there's some sort of variation. Something is added to represent the episode. Now, this one's a bit unusual because it's Mrs. Grimes who's next door in the window and she ducks down. Annette Kirk is credited in this episode, but she doesn't actually appear in it. Yes, I... Uh, it's one of those really annoying things where I think, oh, is this is this one of those episodes where we haven't seen a full edited version? Have we, you know, has something been cut? 
I think, oh, will we ever see an unedited version of this episode if if that is even the case? I know. I, I asked Andrew Marshall and he, he couldn't quite remember this one. Why, why, why that is why Annette's name is credited. However, there is a um, an archive place in Reading called the BBC Written Archives, which have a lot of the scripts and, and they have documents of all shows. I think they've got stuff from like the 80s, which you can book to go and view things. So I think at some point in the future, oh, wow. my book going, there's certain scenes in 2.5, I'd love to see how they were written mm-hmm. page and see how, and see if in, in this case, there's a deleted scene with Annette, unless um, the credit is seeing Mrs. Grimes as a cartoon <laughs> beginning <laughs> ducking down on the window. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'd le- I was going to say, yeah, unless maybe, I don't know, maybe that at the time, they thought maybe that would be, I don't know, a joke maybe. It's just maybe been forgotten. Potentially, yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, it does it does make sense why she would be in it because I'm sure she'd see all the cameras and go, Leonard, there's cameras Exactly. <laughs> so what do you think of the opening credits, the new ones? I, I love these opening credits. I think out of all the series, out of all the opening themes, this is definitely my favourite purely because of that really unique moment where you see something that represents the episode you know in after the fox when you see the car the animated van yes i love that and i uh, yeah if if the series had continued it would have been nice to see maybe more of those slight animations so i i I love series eight the opening brilliant i know i i do as well i think river dance is probably my all-time favorite Mm mm-hmm possibly of all time of any comedy because I just like I just sure. think it's funny to watch and it really yes. captures the show but I do think you know for a series to stay fresh to do sort of overhaul with the um opening credits this is pretty cool and I agree with you I think the fact that they do something variation of every episode just keeps it fresh and you never quite know what's gonna happen from one episode to the next Yes, absolutely. So on the Chepstow Road Street, Bill's struggling with a large box and shopping. Um, she has keys in her mouth and she walks towards a parked car with the keys it's sort of inside her mouth. She's like, why can't you park outside your own house? So, so yes. Um, the other thing that we notice is the cast list is over the first scene rather than in the opening credits. So it's starring Belinda Lyon, Gary Olson and Julia Hills, which is not whereas before the the names of the actors were on the actual opening credits um so to give a bit, a bit more expansion on the time this was filmed and why it looks so different is so around 1997 tv was going digital so the filming ratio of four degrees three which the show had been filming since the beginning was now changed to 16.9 and I think this is almost precursor to HD thing mm-hmm. and as we say you know when you watch it on BBC iPlayer it is the widescreen for series 8 but the rest have the black bits strips on the side uh, which is always it makes it look clearer when, from what you actually see but mm-hmm. in a way it does look like a completely different show yes because if you watch series that were made similar to 2.4 that were made in the four degrees three ratio era and then come back in like 98 99 2000 and beyond mm-hmm. you can they do look like different shows and namely with 2.4 men behaving badly only fools and horses abfab vicar of dibley yeah. red dwarf one foot in the grave they all yeah. come back later on and you're like these look completely different shows oh, even this sounds really sad but i actually love watching classic eastenders on the drama channel and that's that's at the minute that's um we're in september 2000 
So not too long ago, it was still in the, it would still have the black bars and then all of a sudden it went into widescreen. And even that, for a lucky standards, you know, that's on most days, even that felt completely different. I think something for me, as I, I as a thing I've said quite a few times on the podcast before with studio sitcoms, what they lost with the widescreen was a sense of realism. I think the graininess of four to three degree ratio is what kind of kept it looking more realistic. A lot of shows became more, Absolutely. it looked like studios. 2.4 actually still looks the same in terms of it's the same, obviously it's the same house, but it, it still looks mm-hmm. like a real house. Mm-hmm. And especially later when we go into Bill and Ben's bedroom, that just looks like it was te- compared to the beginning of Star Has Its Reasons, which is like the grey sort of old granny look of it. And then it goes <laughs> into this kind of yellow and blue modern look. It looks like it was about five years later. But yeah, um, yes, exactly. thing my parents had in the 2000s. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you, though, about in terms of appearance. That's why 2.4 Children is good, because it does look like a real house, whereas mm. so many sitcoms that w- were made afterwards, it just looked unrealistic. You know, yeah. even things like, you know, some sitcoms that are good, like uh, in particular, I'm thinking of um, After You've Gone. Yes. I actually really like that. The only thing about it is I think, you know, how on earth they afford to live in that massive, gigantic house. Yeah. A lot of programmes, they always seem to live in these massive houses, or they're not necessarily big. But they have so many people living there. You think, you know, how many rooms does that house yeah. have? Uh, so at least, you know, this is very realistic. And because I think with some sitcoms, they look too big, the houses, just so they make them easy to film in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that's noticeable here is it's it, this is the longest gap between a series of 2.4 children from the previous. So last yes. episode was in April 98. This was November mm-hmm. 99. So that's like 19 months. And I think my research is correct the filming was not far off similar time scale but everyone's hairstyle looks so different they all look yeah i'm not saying when i say they look different they're obviously the same people but certainly belinda's hair looks a lot shorter and and john's hair and, and claire and gary looks most similar yeah but i mean belinda lang i i okay i'm sure people will think okay for us you're, you're exaggerating now but there are so moments where I actually think Belinda Lang looks like a completely different person. I don't know if you think I'm exaggerating, but I think she looks different. Yeah, I mean, I say I think they all do to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, I think I, I don't know whether it's the the aspect ratio change or the, the hairstyle or the or whatever, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it it it's obviously the same show, but I think there's an mm. adjustment. But I think sure. why I like the episode is it's a great first episode to start a series, and Absolutely. then as it goes on you really get into the rhythm of 2.4 again. It's totally, the writing is still that quality. I would say this is probably my most favourite episode, and it's for that reason that it's just so, it's so fast-paced. I mean, I I think this episode, just this half hour just completely flies by. This episode is just so punchy, it's so quick. It's it's one of those where it's it's typical 2.4 in that the opening sort of has a bit of mystery to it, and then it just keeps delivering... Mm -hmm. The twists mm-hmm. and so you have Ben in the living room Bill enters the house struggling with the boxes he sat on the sofa with the machine sort of sort of spilling out wires um <laughs> making bleeping noises uh, he can't get it up and he almost jolts as it makes that sound 
he asks if it's shepherd's pie tonight bill says no it's it's plumber's testicles he's like oh lovely in the kitchen dave is looking for a new t-shirt he says it's genuine hackett from the market bill suspicious she turns around and asks what do you want David asks if he can use his work savings to buy contact lenses that make his eyes look red, as look as if they are bright red. And Bill just says, "Can't you try to read the writing on CFAX?" So I think um, we've mentioned CFAX, uh, CFAX before. It's teletext information service, and the writing, looking back, was very minuscule. Yes, absolutely. I remember my dad always looking at CFAX yeah. back in the day. It, it was one of those things that I think I used it to look at. Um, what do you call it? Uh, the charts on a Sunday and I think my grandparents looked at holidays there and stuff so it was um yeah it was you just have to squint your eyes just to make it yeah. clear to try and understand yeah. read the writing well David says yeah baby boomers have got no concept of style you wouldn't even let me buy a Ralph Lauren t-shirt and Bill just says I told you no one got on in the world just because they had a particular polo player on their chest apart from Camilla Parker Bowles <laughs> So she married. So Camilla Parker Bowles, for anyone who doesn't know, is potentially going to be our queen in the next few years, maybe a few months. Who knows? Um, but she's Prince Charles' wife, second wife, and she married Andrew Parker Bowles, who was a military officer and a polo player. So I think that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, to, I hope I haven't offended any of the royalists out there. Um, David says he has to get a label. Bill checks in on Ben and asks, "What? What is that?" referring to the machine that is um, attached to his stomach. Ben points to the TV and says, it's that sick art, the family, so unrealistic, and they're all so terrible. Look, ah, ha, 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 ha. Great meta joke, obviously. Probably is, and is how some critics responded to the show. Some people didn't think it was a realistic portrayal of family life. Mm-hmm. But actually, it has a, a more meaning later on in terms of what this episode's theme generally is. Bill clarifies it's the machine she's referring to. And I always love with 2.4 the kind of, um, what do you call it? The made up, well, I think it's made up equipment. Yes, I, I, I did search for this earlier today just to check. I actually typed in blasted 2000 stomach exercise machine and I couldn't come across anything. It, it, <laughs> it, I couldn't imagine something like that. I could not imagine something like this being allowed. It, but it worked no, in the world of 2.4. Because there's always exactly fad machines and stuff. And my favourite is always going to be the Jam Buster. In, yes. In May Day, because I think that is basically Google Maps, but in a in a in a box. <laughs> yes, I, I love that line. I don't know what it does, but it bleeps. Yeah, <laughs> and this bleeps as well. Uh, yes, if, exactly. You know, if it bleeps, it's doing a job. It's job, but of course, um, Bill had the Jam Buster. This is probably not the most accurate thing to him in the world. Yes. So it's the Ab Blaster 2000. I always think of Nimbus 2000, like in Harry Potter. Everything yes. that came out in 99 or 2000 was just, it's 2000, so it's new, it's millennium, it's going to be really cool. Yes, flash. Like, yeah. Yes, flash in your face, fabulous. So Ben says it's going to give him abs of steel. Um, he then lifts his top up and shows some, well, Bill describes them as ping pong bats stuck to his stomach and that's literally what they look like that the wires that are attached to these things are well he says it's giving him a six pack but bill says well more like a party seven which i had to google and i think it's referring to what these party seven beer i've never heard of that beer before but what's clever about the line is of course it looks like a beer belly Mm -hmm. yes exactly so apparently 10 minutes on that is the equivalent of 600 (laughs) sit-ups which is 
you know, I, I, I'm, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> so the machine is plugged into the phone charger lead and, you know, is it safe to run on the battery? And Ben, you know, it was like, um, you know, he says it's enough to electrodes to tone up Ben's thighs. Bill says, you know, is it safe to run off the mains? Ben says, oh, perfectly. And I love how when he um, crosses his legs, the ab blaster sort of explodes momentarily and causes some smoke and a bit of a spark. And Ben's like, yeah, 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 I'll send it back tomorrow. Bill says, you know, you've never worried about your stomach before. What's brought this on? And Ben's just like, nothing. I just wanted to look good for you. <laughs> and I always love Bill when she's so disbelieving of people when she's like, what? She never said anything yeah. like that before. Yes, absolutely. I love that reaction. What? <laughs> you know, because she just she knows it's up to something. She's like, what? yes, exactly. It's like uh, when in the trouble with Harry, when they all go and visit her and say, we just wanted to see you. And she's like, what's going on? She yes, can smell exactly. it a mile away. Yeah. So Jenny enters the house and asks, has somebody been frying bacon? <laughs> Which is quite <laughs> funny because he's got a sandwich. Don't know what's in it, but it's almost like the smell of the spray of, you know, the, the, the explosion, mini explosion yes. from him. He smells like bacon. Quite a, quite a funny line. Yeah, there. I was thinking like burning fat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, funny. And uh, <laughs> Bill thought Jenny was staying at college. Jenny says, I missed everyone. I wanted to spend the weekend with my family. Do you know something else I've noticed as well? Saying earlier about the bedroom, the living room looks like it's had a makeover. Yes, absolutely. Red paint. I'm mm -hmm. no designer. I don't know anything, but it looks awesome. Looks like it looks like yeah. it looks like it's going into the 2000s. I was going to say, um, my my parents' house is the exact same color, red at the bottom half and then white at the top. And I always say to my dad, "Oh God, we live in the two point four children house," just because the 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 decoration of the house is the same as my parents. Yeah, it looks it looks like I say of the time, mm -hmm. and I think it works because people do change their painting, and they have before as a family. Mm -hmm. And say, JD, yeah. I was just going to ask quickly again. This is this is a, a really boring question. But you know, Ben's glasses, yes. Are, are they are they prescription glasses or or are they have they always been a prop? I think Gary had wore glasses in real life. I think. Oh, okay. Because when I've seen pictures of him, I've seen pictures of him where he hasn't worn glasses. So I'm assuming he doesn't need to wear them all the time or wore contacts. Uh, but the glasses I've seen him in out of the show look like the ones he wears in the show. So I'm assuming. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I... yeah. I think so. Yeah, I've always wondered that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> no, no worries. I'm only guessing. So it's no, there's no concrete. Um, the theory is theorizing there. I'm theorizing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Bill complains she'll have to make up Jenny's bed. Jenny's like, I'll touch there if everyone's so pleased to see me. Or have all my possessions been burnt in the back garden? David mentions he'll be sleeping in the attic if they get declared permanently. Ben says, I put in a sky on the floor. What more do you want? David's like, stairs. <laughs> Bill says it's only for weekends until he gets used to them. So, of course, Declan, we met in the Series 7 finale. That storyline has continued because it's only hinted at that they're going to, or they discussed the potential of adopting him. But now we know they're really seeing it through. They're, they're quite serious about that happening. We then, Bill says, um, Bill says only for weekends to get used to them. Bill then turns to and says, I thought you weren't coming back until half term. She then hands her two bin bag lots of underwear. 
And David's like, I didn't think you need that at college. And Ben sort of says, you know, have you not, you've not got that boy sleeping next door to you, have you? Keith, who Ben mm-hmm. had a, took an instant disliking to. And Jenny, I love how Jenny, actually how Claire Buckfield plays this next bit when she sits on the sort of edge of the sofa and she says, I can honestly say he isn't sleeping in the next room anymore. And her <laughs> eyes sort of go and her neck sort of goes like this, sort of like raises and she looks away and her eyebrows rise up and David sort of twigs and Ben doesn't. Yes. But it's obvious what's going on. And, and then in two episodes time, it's confirmed. Yeah. Bill's now in the kitchen. Jenny turns to Ben and it's like, wow, I wonder if, if um, Bill's listening. Ben says there's a way to tell if she's listening, it all goes quiet in there. And I love how Bill just sort of grabs a few things some cutlery like shakes things around and slams something down and then eventually grabs a pan and a wooded spoon and taps it very gently just while she's listening in there's a little whispers and then <laughs> and then eventually she just um keeps listening while jenny says you know has she twigged and ben hasn't told her ben says he'll have to break it to her soon yes i will do it's just and then bill just sort of the goes into the living room still tapping the pan and he's like a terrible shitcom shall I turn sorry I think I said shitcom then sorry about that um it is the you know um shout out to the great British sitcom guys who do a podcast um and he says a terrible sitcom shall I turn it over Jenny's like oh yeah it's so unrealistic Bill turns into a detective mode which she does many times I think uh, the greed is the one I always think of she's like Something very strange is going on in this house. David's gone design and label mad. Jenny's come home when she could be clubbing. I love how Jenny looks a bit sort of, sort of confused at Bill and she feels like, yes, I do know what you do when you say you're studying at the weekend. You've developed an interest in having Brad Pitt's stomach. You know, I, I love how Bill brings all these kind of big names into it that are kind of current for that time. Brad Pitt's still current mm-hmm. now, but... You know, 99, Brad Pitt was more of a name than he was in 91. Yes, absolutely. Necessarily. And then Bill's like, well, where's Harry? His food doesn't even touch. And so then Harry walks past the little dog dressed up as Gary Glitter with Harry written on the coat on his like white jacket. Oh, is that what it is? I thought it was Elvis, but I'm sure it was Gary Glitter. He's dressed up as well. well. Oh, okay. Yeah, to be honest, I, I didn't. I never actually realised why they put him in that costume. I just thought he looked funny. I didn't even think that he was the dog was as anybody. Well, I think <laughs> I think I think there's a way of working around that because by this point, Gary Glitter was the the, the, the revelations about him were out. In mm-hmm. I think at this point, but at least he looked like Elvis as well. I mean, sometimes Gary Glitter did look like he dressed up as Elvis. So yeah. I think he they can they can work around that. You know, people might think, oh, is he dressed as Gary Glitter? No, he's dressed up actually as Elvis. Bill just goes, All right, what's going on? Which he said before in greed, trying to get the truth out yeah. of them. The doorbell rings. So Christine enters, puts on a posh voice and says, Oh, hello, will we be eating at the usual place tomorrow? takes off a jacket and shows a t-shirt which reads eat at paddy's cafe 24 bridge st and she continues the prices are so reasonable and the food is absolutely 
and you can tell she's trying to find a word to lie about the food being good, which is like horrible yeah. food at, at Paddy's Cafe. And she's like, where are they? We asked who? Christine says, the film crew. And Bill turns to the other and goes, what? The other three squirm into their sofa. Later on, Rona appears at the front of a house with a bin and a microwave. Um, oh, it's a mini oven, I think. Um, the others are sat around the table for what is another Porter household discussion, like relaxez-vous, like um, greed and Young talk with heart. Harry. Young at heart. Um, I think, was there any others? I think, to any extent, uh, the sweet hero. Bring me up, Scotty. Yeah. It's, it's become a staple of that show. They have these family yeah, discussions. You can see they why you know they always accuse Bill of being suspicious. You can always you can see why she is suspicious yeah. because her suspicions are always correct. Well, that's the thing; she's always right. She is absolutely. always right. Yes, you're absolutely spot on there. Um, but then she also falls flat as well, usually, and they're usually the ones who um, come up smelling of roses, which I love. Yes, ex- yes, absolutely. Bill asks Rona to join them as there's something they all need to discuss. Ben then reads something that he saw in the paper. It says, wanted. The BBC is looking for a typical blue-collar family with both parents working and two children. And a typical Rona so she goes, oh, no, did you forget to pay your TV licence again? <laughs> because it sounds it's, like a wanted poster. Yes, and also I think it's a very topical joke as well because the, the, the licence fee is still a, a contentious issue in 2022. Well, the thing about the licence fee... As you say, that it, it's something that's quite a, a big discussion. I mean, the next review's in a couple of years, and there's a lot of discussion about whether they really are going to abolish it. What mm-hmm. is interesting about the, a, a lot, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't get into the politics of all these things, to be honest. I don't really, I've just kind of always known the license fee, you know, the license fee's just always been there. Mm-hmm. The one thing mm-hmm. that, that a lot of people who are against license fee, or should be against the enforcement of the license fee discuss, is this idea of, um, some well rumored tactics of, of basically bullying people into paying it when they don't want to. Yes. Yes. Um, what's interesting is the idea of a wanted poster that like uh, the way that Rona read into that advertisement, it feels a, a bit far fetched, but it's probably not far off the kind of tactics no, used to pay the license fee. No, absolutely. I, I tell you what, um, one time it was about, I don't know, about 8.30 in the morning and someone was banging at the door for ages and I went downstairs this was at a friend's house I was staying at and I opened the door and it was a guy from the BBC checking on the licence and he, he sort of said oh good morning how are you can I come in and he just he honestly he just walked straight he walked through the door walked into the front room and just grabbed a chair sat down and he more or less said right there's there's three there's three ways you can pay the licence you can do it quarterly um, for, for the half the year or for the whole year, what would you like to do? I'm not joking, all this was just in a split second. And I said, oh, well, I, I, I can't make the decision. I don't live here. And in my head, I'm thinking, go, yeah. I'll you in. Wow, that's interesting. She hears stories like this. And now hearing it from you is like, bloody hell, that's, that's quite, that's, yeah. it really is true. It's wow. the first time I've, I'd ever experienced that. And I did think to myself, I can kind of see why people do react the way they do to the license fee, because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a rude man. I suppose he was just doing his job, but it was just that, you know, just walking straight in, just walking. I, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing they're probably told to do that, but I did think, no, 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 out you go. It's not going to work like this. 
my god that's that's really surprising that that's um yeah it's um and this is 23 years ago this episode so it's quite a I don't know. It's just, it is interesting this 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 whole debate about the license fee. Yeah. And not that this... I'm knocking the BBC. I do like the BBC. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, polit- politics isn't my interest, so I'm kind of. But yeah, uh, with, with the, uh, it's it's one of those. It's a big time at the moment. Channel mm-hmm. Four and Netflix. It, they're all good. They all ha- they're all good in their own way, and nothing's perfect. And we'll see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. So it's for a fly on the wall documentary. And I think fly on the wall to this episode is what greed was for the lottery. It's like a, a, a then new phenomenon. And although it, it was, I wouldn't claim it, see it as the same as reality TV, because I almost see fly on the wall and reality TV quite differently. Fly on the wall is looking at something in a way that, you know, filming about a corporation or, or a group or a specific place and it can be scripted but it feels like it's trying to be authentic whereas reality Mm -hmm. tv i think is more scripted and purposely scripted yeah yeah you can tell that a lot of the scenes have been quite orchestrated it's uh yeah you can tell it's it's trying to be sensationalist as well Mm -hmm. yes so they all list examples like driving school um which i didn't watch but i know of a lady called maureen reese who was a uh, became a big star on that show. Those clampers, which was parking law enforcers. Bill Arona mentions builders. She taped that one. Of course, she would. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I couldn't find if there was one called that, but there have been loads of builder type shows. Jenny mentions, you know, what was the one with holiday with the holiday reps? And Bill's like, holiday reps. Ben says, no, that's too stupid a name. And but there was one called holiday reps. I found out. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And and the funny. I, I love this next couple of lines because it's a bit of another kind of meta joke david says summer holiday jenny replies no that was darren day not fly on the wall and christy <laughs> says hard to tell the difference now that's a funny joke in that so jenny not jenny claire bookfield in 96 97 98 she starred in a uk touring production of cliff richard's film summer holiday with darren day oh wow so i think it was quite a, a, a sort of in joke there um, but then uh, typical Christine saying, hard to tell the difference between, you know, Darren Day and an actual fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. It yeah, just, it just, sure. It, it just made me laugh. Um, Rona likes the one with the six dogs on life support machines. What was that? And David says, animal, vegetal or mineral? Which is so <laughs> cruel. Funny joke. Ben says, animal casualty or ch- changing kennels. You know, obviously changing rooms. Again, yes. hints, hints to the end joke. And the post-credit gag with the idea of an animal documentary. Christine gets annoyed and asks if they can get on with it. I left the Rottweilers at the flat and they'll be humping the hi-fi stack by now. Last time I got back, Bruno had a CD trapped in a very nasty place. Feels like, yes, well, we don't really want to go into that. Christine says, neither did Bruno. And... (laughs) I mean, this episode is so punchy. It is. It's so sharp. And, And really visual because you know mm-hmm. i can just visualize that now the poor bruno the rottweiler who's <laughs> in pain with a cd well it's a bit like when um bill says in a minute about when she was Electric checking her breast and let yeah 
lent too close to the electric fan. Ooh. Uh, ouch. Oh. I've not even got tits and I just thought that, that would be nasty. <laughs> I was going to say, my, my, my chest is sort of tightening up just thinking yes. about that. And yes. you're, you're rubbing my chest. Phil <laughs> saw this and uh, Ben saw this and thought, aha, there's like as much as that. Bill Ben rang them up and says it's between them and another family. They're all excited. Jenny asks, you know, isn't it great? And Bill replies, mentioned you said, yes, I'm almost as happy as the day I was examining my breasts in the bedroom and leant too close to the electric fan. Again, just is ouch, just a big ouch. Even as a male, I I just think, no, that hurts. Rona, Rona thinks it's wonderful news. And Bill asks, you know, have you thought about this carefully? Bill explains the cameras follow you everywhere and everyone in the country watches everything you do. Rona asks, what, everything you do? And Bill says, oh, no, not that. Rona says, oh, thank goodness. It was bad enough last time. I like how all the others just look up at her and Rona's like, it was a long time ago. He said he was a student director. And Chrissy's like, yeah, and I bet you end up on the cutting room floor. And Rona's like, no, I didn't. I was an experimental short. <laughs> Which is a great... I just, I want to... I just thought... An experiment, Rona in an experimental short. I mean, that will just come back around in her life in the future when she's got her kid. And yes, oh, definitely. on the internet, it would be so embarrassing for her. Oh god, yeah, that would be a, that would be a great storyline. For what two point four grandchildren? Yes, yes, it I sort know. of goes viral on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, do you think? Do you think Rona would have an OnlyFans account? Dorian Greenwood. Oh, oh, yeah, she would, yeah. Rona definitely would, I think. She wouldn't be able to... She'd, I think she'd try and resist, but wouldn't. But she wouldn't be able to in the end. She'd give yeah. in. Yeah. She'd try to resist it, but it would be... The temptation would be too much. Yeah, get extra money, which is good. Yeah. Bill says nothing will be the same. There'll be no privacy at all. Strange people crawling all over the house day and night, making a terrible mess everywhere, treating me like a servant, dirtying the house up, demanding food and drink at all hours. And they all stare at her for a moment and she just goes, all right, I admit it doesn't sound for different from what usually happens. But the fact is, it'll be absolutely hideous and worse than a lifetime of torture in the pits of hell. I love the way she just kind of enunciates certain words. Lifetime of torture in the pits of hell. <laughs> it's just so dramatic. <laughs> and Ben says, you know, you're just talking about the bad bits. Well, there aren't any good bits. He goes, yes, there are. We'll be famous. And Bill's like, I don't want to be famous. But it's like, don't want to be famous. Don't want to be famous. What's the matter with you? And Bill says, not good for you. Ben says, who says? Bill lists Judy Garland, Janice Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Elvis, Princess Diana, Kurt Cobain, Jonathan Ross. Ben's like, Jonathan Ross is still alive. And Bill's like, exactly. I wonder if Andrew Marshall wasn't really a fan of Jonathan Ross because this is the second time that they've sort of made a dig, a dig at him because he was mentioned. Oh, was it three? It's three times. There's one in the ah. episodes time in in uh, after the fox, I think. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I was thinking of the sweet hereafter where Jenny said oh, Jonathan Ross has taken a vow of silence. Yeah, I wonder if that was Paul and Alexander and Simon Braithwaite who wrote that. And oh, that's Andrew true. Oh, yes. Carried it on. But what I do find very funny is when BBC One did the Britain's Best Sitcom in 2004, and 2.4 came in number 44. Jonathan mm-hmm. Ross narrated it. Oh, okay. I'd love to know if he'd actually watched the sh- these series. Just thinking about uh, Sticky Fingers when, when, you know, when Keith's hiding outside and yeah. Jenny said, oh, you won't be nasty to him. And Ben said, what Ben Elton is it? 
Now, Ben Elton, he seems a bit of a, a Marmite character. Mm. So I wasn't really surprised, really, that that a comment like that was made. Yeah. No, I, yeah. yeah, it's one of those where I think um, you can get away with it with people who are more divisive. I mean, I like Jonathan Ross, but he's quite a divisive character. He's, mm -hmm. and he's part, I think he's become more divisive in year in certainly in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. But then in the late nineties, it seems that was the case as well. But I say I, I think he's, I think he's pretty cool. I think he's funny. Uh, I mm -hmm. like his chat. Show. Oh yeah, it probably it could just be me taking the joke literally. It could <laughs> maybe it probably just is a joke. Yeah, yeah no, I know what you mean. It, but it's, uh, but yeah, it, it, it does kind of tap into that psyche. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's interesting is all the people that Bill listed were famous people who died young or in tragic circumstances. You know where mm -hmm. fame really was bad for them. And I got me thinking about who else I would have added to the list, maybe before this episode or even since in the last 20 years. So I'd also add uh, Marilyn Monroe, Heath Ledger, Michael Jackson, Amy Winehouse, Whitney Houston, Corey Monteith, Philip Seymour Hoffman, George Michael as mm -hmm. well. You know, it, it is one of those things where fame really does have a dark side and I love people die young for it. Yeah, I think particularly um, a lot of American kids that started out. Oh, my God, yeah. The amount of those that, that have ended in such tragic circumstances, unbelievable. It really is. And I think it's interesting how this episode, like the lottery, plays mm -hmm. that. Some really big discussions about life and this when um, but it's humour. It's not like it's, yes. they're not hammering a message it's mm -hmm. done in a really clever way because the porters are very discussion family. They do talk about these things, you mm -hmm. know, in an interesting way. Yeah. Dave's like typical. Our, our one chance of fame, and Jen's like, "What other opportunities are we going to have?" Tracy is like, "Yeah, I'm in negotiation with Tango for my backside." And it's like, "Well, there's plenty of room on there," and because she's like, "I heard that." So Bill doesn't think it's a good idea and they've only got Declan at weekends at the moment. And she just says, it's taken me a year to convince social services that we're not devil worshippers. Of course, throw back to Perfect Dame. It's like, yeah, but that was a misunderstanding. Yeah. I had cream horns stuck up to my head. <laughs> the the, uh, the, uh, the the gesture. Yes. I like I like the fact that, you know, this episode, what, been on for nearly 10 minutes and they've already made two references to the previous series. I actually like it when shows do that. Yes, same. You feel like there's 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 genuine continuity. Yes. And uh, Ben and uh, Bill says, look, we're supposed to be offering them a safe, normal home. What do you think they'll say when they just go, we'll have film crew all over the place? You know, we're all affected by this and we're going to think about it properly. Then democratically come to a decision that we're not going to do it. Agreed? It really is the best thing. I just love the way she tries to make it fair on them and say you know we are going to discuss this like a family it's not my decision but then we're still going to go with what i think <laughs> yes exactly yeah it's either uh, the wrong way the, the bill way or the wrong way uh, oh it, it absolutely is david turns to ben and says you know you better tell her the rest and bill's like what rest ben says he agreed to for them to do a screen test so they could decide between them and the other family and bill's like well, you don't have to now. You can ring them up and tell them we've changed our minds. Oh, who is it now? Doorbell rings. David looks outside the window and the van is outside with all the equipment. Ben admits that he could, they said he could do the, well, he said they could do the screen test that night. You know, Bill understandably is like, how could you let this get so far without telling me? Jenny says it's because they knew she'd spoil it. David says, yeah, you always stop us from doing anything interesting. 
Um, again, reminds me of greed. Rona says, um, you know, because she sees them getting the camera out. Christine's like, well, can't we can't just leave them on the doorstep? And Bill says, good enough for Roger Cook. And he was a TV journalist, quite confrontational. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhat, I think someone you would probably leave on the doorstep quite, quite easily. Yeah, I think um, I think he'd been beaten up a few times as well when he, he'd mm. been out trying to corner people. Yeah, it's 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 the risk you take when you do jobs like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't need to know. It's not. I mean, just to say, beating people up is never never right. It's never an answer to anything. But you don't <laughs> go and doorstop people and ask people personal details if you're. You know, you just got to be so careful. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can understand it happening because it just just takes you know you asking that wrong person. It's a risk. A question. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Bill says, well, well, I don't really have much choice. Since it's too late to stop them today, we'll have to go through with the test, but just the test. And when they've gone, you'll ring them up and tell them we've changed our mind and they can use the other family. Agreed? And Ben's just like, I'll think about it. <laughs> See, if this was now, Bill would be lucky because she'd have to sign a, a, a consent form and if she refused to sign it, she'd almost be saved in a way. Yes, it's, a, it's, it's the early days of um, before all the kind of regulations came in and stuff. It's interesting to see how exactly. easy it could have been back then. Yeah. Later it's a on- bit like, a, oh, sorry, no, no, I don't know if I'm completely going on a, on a tangent, but I, I absolutely, a controversial statement. I, I love Home Alone 2, random, Same. but I love Home I prefer. I actually prefer it to the first one. Yeah. And... Uh, you know that whole scene where they're running through the airport because I'm watching it now. I've seen it with my younger brother and sister because of how the way the airports work now. Yeah. Like when they first saw it, they thought, "Really? Did that happen?" And I said, "Well, you, you never know." I said back then it probably was probably wasn't as strict. I mean, I don't know if it'd have been as easy as that. Yeah, it was pre nine eleven. Exactly. You know, um, talking about we're saying before about things being different. I think see a meme full enough for Home Alone saying, "If Home Alone was made now." Kevin would text his mum, say, where are you guys? I'm home alone. And she'd reply exactly. saying, oh, my God, Kevin, I'm so sorry. We're coming home now. The end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you, you, you enjoy these things in the time they're in. and Oh, yeah. When, when you come, exactly. Just enjoy them for what they are. Don't look don't in a logical way because, you know, otherwise, yeah, it, it ruins it. Don't it just one- made me think of that. <laughs> Don't be yeah. one of these young people go, oh my God, that's so unbelievable. It's so old, so cheesy. <laughs> Can't stand people like that. Know your hit, know your past, know who came before you. That's what I say. Later on, Bill takes some mugs from the crew members. So there's so many mugs of, you know, she really is like the one who keeps everyone fed and, and watered and everything. Ben asks if, asks if there's any more tea. Bill says, yes, most of India's empty by now. Of course, because tea comes, comes from India. Bill grabs Christine and says, Sorry, Christine, you've got to go so soon. Percy's like, why am I getting the hustle? Bill says, you've heard what the director said, only members of the family to the test. Christy says, no, you can treat me as a member of the family tonight. Bill goes, all right then, out you go, and pushes her that out. Was, that was some shove as well. It was. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was a very kind of brutal exit. Yeah, I can imagine sort of Belinda's handprint in Kim's back. <laughs> Jenny and David whispered to Ben saying they overheard the director who said they've already done the screen test for the other family and they were really interesting 
Bill lurks behind them with a tray. David reminds them that Bill said they can't do the whole thing anyway. Ben asks David, you know, do you still want to be a direct, you still want to be an actor, right? And it's interesting this because he's seeing reality TV and sort of fly on the wall as a sort of jumping off point to other areas of fame. I mean, it's kind of nothing new, really, even by this point. I mean, Amanda Holden was a contestant on Blind Date. And that's where oh, she got her name. And now she became... Really? Mm, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And so it's interesting that it's almost seeing that. And it's even more so now with people oh, like people like on Love Island and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the Big Brother and everything. I mean, look at Jade Goody. Yes, well, that's why originally, you know, you sort of answered the question uh, for me, but um, I was thinking about this and seeing, you know, how you sort of differentiated the difference between fly on the wall and reality TV. Yeah. And because I didn't think of the fly on the wall, I initially just thought reality TV, and I thought, I wonder if this is the start of reality TV. But the way you summed up fly on the wall, that, that does make more sense. But I did think this was sort of showing, you know, how some normal people... I think initially crave that, that fame. Yes, I agree. I mean, I also think it's more about real life that's meant to mm-hmm. reflect what's in the fire. Well, like, um, like I would say, you could say Made in Chelsea and Towie and um, Fly on the Wall, but really they're more reality because they're more yes. scripted. Well, I didn't Nick- realize, yeah. I was, I, was say, I didn't even realize that Towie was scripted until a few years ago. Yeah. Was- yeah. Surprised, and also, this was pre Big Brother by about mm-hmm. seven months. I think Big Brother started in like July two thousand, mm-hmm. and then that just exploded the reality oh, thing. Yeah, absolutely. That would have been good if they if David had gone Big Brother. That would have been really cool. Yeah, that would have been interesting. One of the things I've noticed that uh, you know they're talking about making themselves more interesting. There is this notion that and, you know people that are, are on TV, yeah, just away from the cameras, live this completely you know extraordinary life. Yeah. Actually, a lot of them are just normal people. But it's amazing when you put people on TV. How they, I don't know, a lot of people just assume that. that you know, I don't know. They sort of live a life of sort of a James Bond esque type lifestyle well when they say that the directors have said that the other family were really interesting you have they do that 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 does make you think well what's so extraordinary about them Mm. because everyone you generally you feel like everyone's not quite the same but you almost get a feeling that most people's lives are pretty boring generally speaking Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you think well what makes someone so interesting and and what makes people interesting is subjective like comedy Mm -hmm. what one person thinks interesting people think is very normal and banal yes it's interesting how it how it plays out because ben says you know she's just in a bad mood she'll be all right it's when she sees how fun it is and i love how bill's standing in the kitchen entrance with her arms folded just staring at them (laughs) just she's just she's like a thorn in their side all the time yes so ben asked the director where to sit down ben and david fight for a seat near the camera jenny says oh don't be so childish and she sits on the chair right in front of the camera and like twirls her hair. And, you know, she, she's, she tries to look very kind of cool and, and, but she's just playing up to it a bit. And uh, Ben's like, now you're between us and the camera. And Jenny's, Jenny's like, am I? And Ben and David move their heads to say, yes, yeah, we're still just, here. Yeah, perfect. Just in sync. 
In the kitchen, Rona takes out a box of food that reads Neptune nibbles, urchin flavor. She says it's, um, you know, they won't want it at their conference for sports managers. It's a gourmet food shop in the precinct that's closing down, which sells weird exotic food. She says that she suspected something was up when she saw the staff having lunch at McDonald's. Believe me, I I live, I work in Manchester City Centre. It's not unusual to see any party at McDonald's nowadays for lunch. Oh, really? You see people in suits yeah. going to into McDonald's for lunch and, and people taking packs of things back to their offices. And stuff. Well, actually, just things like, um, you know, I, I love lattes. Mm. And uh, sometimes I'll go into McDonald's and get a latte, I don't know, for what, just over a pound. And mm. it's delicious. And sometimes I think, God, what do I get to cost up for and pay, you know, nearly four pounds for it? I could have just gone to McDonald's. Yeah, that's the thing. It's 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 um it's very easy snacky food as well. Um, mm-hmm. The kitchen has been done up as well. Again, the whole house has just been had a makeover. The, it's very modern looking oven as well, um, more so than they did have it only a few years earlier. Mm-hmm. So Rona mentions about the cameras. You know, said if everything we did was seen on television, you never know who might be watching. We'd have to be careful what we said. We can't do what we usually could do. That's probably more relevant now than ever because you've got to be incredibly careful what you say nowadays. Absolutely. And the actual truth is, I've said this to people before, and I think when you've never experienced cameras there, it's hard to imagine it. But when when cameras do first appear, you are very conscious. And then as soon as you come, as soon as you become settled with the cameras being there, and it really doesn't take that long at all, Mm. you really forget that they're there. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think... That's probably the not, they know that the crew members of these programs, they know the mm-hmm. power mm-hmm. that people will just eventually forget. And then it's like what the director says, you know, whatever happens, we won't stop the camera. They will yes, exactly. Everything. Yes. And so Brona says, I agree that it should go no further than the test. And, and they're like, I don't think it will. I have a feeling. I love when Ben and the kids were, they look, didn't look so sure. So Bill hands Rona keys to the centre for the next day's um, job. The director tells them that it's a fly-on-the-wall documentary. They just want them to go on with what they usually do. The only rule they must keep to is don't look at us, don't speak to us. You must ignore us, whatever happens. Because whatever happens, we won't stop the camera. Understand? So they all understand. And then the clapperboard guy claps loudly in front of Ben's face. Ben just looks a bit sort of (laughs) taken aback. Which is quite funny. I, I love how he's trying to look all suave. And yeah. then he's just, you know, what the hell was that? <laughs> Gary, I think, is someone who, when I've seen him in, in a few other things where, or even just in clips, he, he does have a very suave demeanor, but he's able to look a fool as well. He's got a really great yes. way with his body. Uh, I, I think so. I'd like to, uh, you know, for example, at the end of um, Two Years Before the Mask when he's in a suit, I reckon yes. he's. He could carry a suit really well. Definitely. And also, he was in a gangster film. I think it was his last film role called 24 Hours in London. And he mm-hmm. plays a kind of mob guy. And, and I, he has a menacing look about him. You know, whereas in this, he's obviously a, a pussycat, a teddy bear. Yes. Uh-huh. In, in real life. Uh, well, not, not in real life, sorry, but in other roles, he was um, quite, it could be quite menacing. Yes. Ray, Ray Winstone, Winstone, Winstone. I can never pronounce his name, but, you know, kind of a similar look. Yes. Did you ever see Gary in, in a Channel 4 series called, was it Perspectives? Prospect. Uh, Prospect. I've not seen it, but I know of it and I believe it's very good. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but again, I've heard it's very good. I'd like to see yeah. it, just see more of Gary. 
Yes, absolutely. I think he plays sort of, a, I don't know, sort of an East End, sort of, I don't know if him and the, him and the other guy, I don't know if they're drifters in it or, but yeah. it looks good. Yeah, definitely one to, to catch on, catch up on. Mm-hmm. Bill then sits down and as you say, everyone's demeanour sort of changes at this point to try and seem like they're real, but they're playing up to the camera a little bit. For Bill, less so, but I think mm-hmm. she's still not herself. She says, right, tea will be ready soon. And she switches on the telly and Ben asks, what are you doing? And she says, well, it's before tea time. You'll all want to sleep slump in front of the telly for half an hour without speaking until you hear the sound of china dropping onto tablecloth, which is a great line. You know, mm-hmm. um, we don't usually do that. Ben says we do more interesting things. And Jenny, again, playing up the camera, goes, you're such a practical joker, mother. <laughs> and Bill's like, mother? Bill's like, where did you get the idea that we do nothing but watch television? He's trying to be like a typical British man. But the funny thing is, what TV show was on telly at this point where they were all watching telly? The Royal Family. Oh, The Royal Family, yes. And Gogglebox now. And mm-hmm. there's a general feeling, I think, nowadays that TV's not a bad hobby. It's a good way to relax and unwind. And it's what a lot of yeah, families well, do. It was interesting. I used to say years ago, you know, that, you know, watching t- you know tv was really bad for you and they said something like out of the whole of your life you watch three years worth of tv i'd like to see actually what the statistic is for looking at mobile phones oh god yeah. it's almost if it was always bad to look at tv screens but now it's you know we definitely look at our mobile phones most people do far longer so i'd like to see what the statistic is for that oh 100 that's a good that's a really good point actually i i, I try to think what my <laughs> my number would be for my phone, oh, yeah. certainly yeah, with TV. Yes. Bill Switch says, um, since the on switch, um, so but you know, Ben's like, where did you get the idea that we do nothing but watch television? And Bill just points at the remote and goes, since the on switch wore out on the last remote, we had to set off for a new one. And says, ah, yes, we didn't have a remote control for three months. But says, yes, I know. She goes over to the rug by him, lifts it up, and asks, what do you think this is? And all we show is a marks on the carpet from where the telly has been dragged over to be right by the sofa so that Ben could just press the button. <laughs> and Ben's like, <clears throat> so it's a fault in the pile. Bill's like, no, it isn't. You even try to train Harry to switch on for you. Now I take him on a walk. He tries to drag me into Rentio rentals all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and that's a really good little um, seed planting for later. So Ben says, you know, we don't watch television all the time. Jenny says, no, sometimes we do other things. Dave says, you don't notice because you're usually busy. Ben asks, you know, Bill, what she's doing there. You don't usually leave the kitchen, which is such a funny line. Um, Yeah. And uh, Bill's like, well, I put the oven on and in a minute I'll put the shepherd's pie in. Your favourite. Ben says, I love the way that Ben or Gary are trying to hide his excitement that it's shepherd's pie, but at the same time trying to make himself seem more interesting. Like, I don't like shepherd's pie, it's boring. <laughs> Just, you know, that tensing up. And Bill says, I thought you'd have said um, that you'd have shepherd's pie for every meal if you had your way. It's like, no, I hate it. Jenny says, no, we like things that are much more interesting. And Bill suggests that they have fish fingers and peas. Jenny's like, no, that's just as boring. How about homemade cheeseburgers with all the trimmings? I was like, no. And, and you can tell Ben's just sort of tensing up. And she's like, 
I was going to do a fry up, you know, sausages, bacon, chips and beans, lovely greasy fried bread. And Ben just goes, oh, because <laughs> he just wants to say yes. And Bill says, but that's not really very interesting for you, is it? So he says, no, we, we want something really different. <laughs> not the other things other families have. Again, they're trying to build this thing up that they're an interesting family. Mm-hmm. Bill goes into the kitchen and she wipes her hands and says something really different. <laughs> Later on, Ben goes downstairs and puts the phone down and she asks where he's been. Nothing. She has a plate of various foods, which she puts in the middle of the table. And then Bill asks them if she wants to put the telly on. And Ben's like, what sort of family do you think we are? She says, I don't know, but I've been considering setting a place for Trevor McDonald recently. <laughs> Jenny says, Jenny talk, even Jenny talks a little bit posh at this point. She says, we don't watch the news during meals. And Dave's like, no, we watch The Simpsons. <laughs> and Ben's like, no, we don't. Dave says, Deep Space Nine. Jenny goes, no, we don't. We talk to each other about our lives. And Ben goes, that's right. <laughs> um, this is like BBC Two era where you had like Simpsons and Deep Space Nine on in the evening. Yes. Good times. I, I actually remember I remember The Simpsons being on BBC Two. It was the Winkiest Link BBC sorry, wait BBC Two. It was Winkiest Link, The Simpsons, and then Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes, I remember those days. And and it's funny because you look back now and The Simpsons only on BBC Two for like what, maybe it's about seven years, and now it's been on Channel Four for like nearly twenty. You know, it's yeah. Oh, I was livid when it went to Channel Four because I thought, oh no, that means there's gonna be a break halfway yes. through the episode. Yes. Yeah. Was, uh, you're absolutely right. It was, yeah, it was, I was, um, I can remember it launching on Channel 4, actually. Yeah, yes. different times. Yeah, me too. Um, there's a few, and at this point, The Simpsons had really grown. Because although, I think David wears a, Sim- a Bart Simpsons t-shirt in series one when he's a, mm-hmm. not younger. But I think when it went, it, it was on Sky and then in 96 went to BBC and then that's when it really exploded here. Yes. Um, in a particularly big way. Yeah, it did, but this, there's quite a few references of Simpsons in this series. Yeah, and I think before, it, I don't know when, but I think uh, a lot of videos were available in the early 90s of The Simpsons as well. Yeah, so I, I think that, it, that was able to reach an audience. Yeah, it grew. It was just a cult thing around the world, really. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, the show reflects the, the, the TV of the day, really. So Bill asks Jenny how she's getting on with that boy in college. You know, you know the one with the adjoining door to your room. Keith, wasn't it? Ben said, what? That horrible boy we met when we dropped you off. Bill asks, do you ever see him? And he's like, no, no, we're on completely different courses. Then Bill just says, but you must sit near him at night. And there's a bit of a pause. Jenny's a bit shocked. And then Bill goes, in the bar, I mean, because she knows what she's doing. Bill knows exactly what she's doing. She knows knows how to play this moment. She's like, I'm just going to make out that, you know, it's all (laughs) innocent, but she knows how to play the whole thing. Uh, which is <laughs> because I think Bill's having fun with all this. And she's actually in a strange way, she's actually behaving a bit like her mum. She's behaving a bit like Beth. She's sort of manipulating the whole scenario. That's something definitely her mum would do. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can definitely see hints of Beth. And then when Beth comes in the next series, you realise how totally opposite they are in, in other ways when she yes, meets exactly. So uh, Beth, Jenny's like, oh, in Bath. Oh, that's what you mean. I thought you meant in bed. It's like, what? Um, she goes, oh, but it doesn't matter. Let's talk about something else. Let's, no, I want to talk about it because there's this hint yeah. that um, they're actually a couple, which is, again, confirmed in a couple of episodes of time. Yeah. 
And again, it's like what I was saying earlier about all of a sudden, you see how Ben's just completely forgotten about, yes. you know, the cameras being there. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. And David's the same in a second. Because I think Bill is, Bill's aware, I think, of the power of the camera. Mm-hmm. Like what Rona said. And she's playing up to it and tricking them to make them look stupid. So when Jenny yes. says, you know, let's talk about David, Bill asks her, so is that a new T-shirt? Yeah, genuine Hackett. How much was that? £2.99. And he says it so kind of charmingly, but he doesn't realise he's just stuck his foot in it now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, that, £2.99, that's cheap, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, it's probably falling off the back of a lot. And he's just paused. Let's talk about Dad. Bill says, so, what have you got to tell us? Um. And Ben's like, no, oh, no, no, it's fine. I'd rather hear about what you've been doing. It feels like, I don't think you would. Are you sure? Well, apart from the housework and the shopping, I spent most of the time doing your income tax returns. Ben goes, no, let's not talk about you. Let's talk about me. And Bill goes, oh, but you wanted to. Me too. All right, no, 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 let's talk about me. All right. On your income tax returns, why is it the figures for your income don't quite tally up with the amount you're paid in cash? And I love how he starts to get more nervous and the cameras just go right up to his face. When they say don't look at the camera, they go right <laughs> up to his face. But he still looks away because he probably knows not to. Yeah. This whole business with Ben and his tax return is, is a constant thread from even the first series, which I really I enjoy. Oh yeah, I think so. Yes, and then it's like it's really yeah. funny. Did it get cold? He's, he's, he's quickly going on to the next thing. So he's got lentils. They're trying to look impressed, and they're basically trying this pickled snake, sea urchin, cactus fritters, sliced armadillo, edible grasshoppers, and Jenny's like, oh, lovely. They're all trying to eat it and enjoy it, but make themselves seem like they're, you know, cultured and enjoying this yes. very exotic food um would you eat any of that it d- does sound quite manky no i wouldn't eat a single thing when well, you say manky would... do you mean manchester or just manky as in disgusting manky as in disgusting yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. manchester i don't think I, I don't think i know any man mancunian who would eat anything like that <laughs> i i wouldn't fancies, know no offense someone taking out for a sliced armadillo I won't even eat, I won't even eat black pudding, mate. Not a chance. Would you eat any of this stuff? No, nah, I'm alright. I'll, I'll have the shepherd's pie. Oh, you can tell she's this bit. Next bit's brilliant because they're all disgusted. And then before it's the reveal of what Bill's eating, she's just eating very relaxed, like she's enjoying and saving her meal. Well, David's saying that you know the armadillo is very delicious, very spiky. Bill's like. No, I, Jenny says, no, I, I think that's the cactus. And Bill's like, no, I think they are quite spiky. <laughs> David says, well, what ben are you having? Just like, yeah. oh, sorry. And I was saying just Ben going, oh, yummy, yummy. He's, he plays, Gary plays, as I say, it's the two opposites. You know, he, play, he can play trying to resist showing how he really feels. He's disgusted mm-hmm. and trying to look like he's enjoying it at the same time. Yeah. I love the way that David asks, well, what are you having? And Bill pretending to be disappointed says, well, there wasn't enough food for everyone, so I had to have the shepherd's pie. <laughs> like, and Ben looks horrified. She's just she's playing with all of them. And she goes, but never mind. I'm sure we'll be having lots of interesting meals like this every day in the future, won't we? <laughs> she's, she's just, just got them wrapped around her finger. 
I think <laughs> they look like that. She's having so much fun, Belinda, in this episode because she's playing Bill, a heightened version of Bill, acting for the camera, but playing them all so yes. well. I, I love it how it flips at the start. They're all so excited. She's dreading it. And now, again, the power is, is in her hands. Yes, it really is. And what's interesting is that Ben has obviously planned something which backfires immensely. Mm-hmm. And for once, he looks the stupidest one. He does him yeah. before, but Bill usually ends up being the stupid one. But now in this, on this occasion, she really gets her revenge. Yes. The phone rings. Ben and Jenny answer to fight to get it. Ben answers. He goes, yes, it is. Yes, we do. What kind of emergency? Got call now. So when did it start to flood? And then Bill goes outside the house to find Christine on the phone saying, blah, 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 de blah, 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 de blah, 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 de blah. Is that convincing them? Yes, I think I've got that now. Where exactly is it? And Chris says, my brother's place in Acton. I take the long way round. I'll take it'll take time to flood. So Ben says, What's the address? And then Bill just grabs the phone and goes, Thank you. Covers Christine's mouth and goes, I love how Chris says, Oh, Gordon Brown. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think she she said that before, hasn't she? Or is I think it, so, it yeah. yeah, I thought so. I think I've heard it before. She certainly says so people's names. Yes. In these kinds, I love how Ben, no, Bill, sorry, sort of covers her mouth and imitates Christine's voice, obviously while saying the address. She goes, oh, right, the address. <laughs> like she's an impression of a man. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I mean, Bill does an great impression of Thatcher, so she oh, probably fantastic. can do Christine very well. Yeah, to make it believable. Mm-hmm. Ben writes the address down, and he sort of he says the green metal staircase down the steps, go straight on through the door. So there's like um, sort of intense music playing. The crew and Ben walk outside and Bill calls Rona on the mobile. She goes, hello, Rona, are you still at the sports centre? And as the white van goes back, them, Bill and Christine duck. And as they slowly rise up, Bill says, there is one thing you can do for me. So in the van, um, Ben can't read his own handwriting. He says, I don't know if it's 24 or 74. And I love how he just smiles at the camera briefly. (laughs) It's almost like cop drama music, this. They arrive at the back of the sports centre building and Ben follows the instructions. um, Goes down the steps. uh, There's a note saying it's getting really flooded. It's obviously really planned out very well. He enters the room. It's completely dark. So, yeah. when the, the shade of light you can see, it is like a swimming pool handle steps going down. He, he kind of steps on some water and there's a bit of a, a sort of a plop sound. And uh, he goes, oh, step back, step back. It's quite bad down here. <laughs> the light then switches on and then Ben is standing in a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> with his little um, plop and, and all, what's it called? The, um, the plunger. Well, the plunger, yeah. yeah. And uh, Rona standing to the side, having switched the light on. She just sort of smiles while looking at him. But it's so funny because he's in the pool and there's the crew members on the outside just yep. looking down at him. And he just turns and around. She... Yeah. No, I was saying, Rona, she, you can just see she's just, she's just gleeing. 
yes. delighted with what's happened. And Ben, you can just tell he's been caught. He knows he's been caught. And I love how he turns around and just goes, yeah. And I like the way that the three um, crew members all just laugh at each other. <laughs> when, uh, when I very first watched this episode in Cyprus, honestly, this, this scene here made me laugh out yeah. loud. It yeah. was so funny. I think it's brilliant, this whole scene. It, it, it builds it up to a good kind of climax, really. Because, mm-hmm. as I say, Bill could have continued all night in the living room, just ruining the attempts of, of succeeding with the screen test. But he tried to make himself look really cool in front of the camera by going yeah. on this fake emergency plumbing job. Yes. And it was foiled because Bill had the intuition to go outside and, and stop it. Absolutely. I think particularly series eight, uh, the first four episodes, there are just so many fantastic sort of visual gags. So you have the swimming pool in yeah. the next episode, you have, you know, the rabbit in the pair of um, um, being suspended in a pair of Ben's pants. You have the piano and sticky fingers. You have the sheep in the back of the van and after the fox. So many really good visual gags. It's a very, it's a, it's, it's already a solid first, you know, for the series of great first episode. As you say, those, all those moments I can't, I'm looking forward to talking to in the coming weeks. Yeah. And actually I've realized this is probably the closest we've ever got to a bottle episode in the Porter house. Cause most of it is in that house. Yeah. More so, I think more so than even in Greed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually, love that. Yeah, I suppose actually when, when Ben was in the van with the crew and he was sort of, you know, even just sort of him turning around the corner. Yeah. I don't think, you don't really see that really of the streets. No, we don't. The end of it. No, we go to the, just the back of the centre. Yeah. Yeah, really funny stuff. So a bit of time later, Bill and Rona get home uh, with leftover pizza from their event. Ben and David are sulking on the sofa. He says, you know what's on telly tonight? And Bill just goes, I thought we agreed it was a good thing they chose the other family. David says, no. Bill says, oh, they'd have chosen us if you hadn't spoiled it for us. He's a real typical child at this moment, a bit like when he can't get a dog. I wanted a dog. Exactly. And Bill says, well, you didn't exactly play fair with me, did you? Which is very true, to be fair. They were very sneaky with her. Mm. Dave said, you didn't have to make us look like complete idiots for the camera. And I said, no, we were managing just slightly by ourselves. Sort of pride, there's a lot of pride in um, yes. in, be- in looking stupid. Bill says, well, I should be grateful Jenny isn't here to moan at me as well. And then there's a phone call, Bill answers it, and, and a, a line that, you know, seems like a, a distant memory now is when they say, hello, yes, I will accept the charge. Hello. What do you mean, who? Your mother. No, don't slam the phone. Don't, don't. Oh. <laughs> that was Jenny. She says, tell my father everyone at school, college is laughing at me. And then I love when he says, well, you should hear what Kling has been saying down the calf. Now, I would love to see Roger Lloyd Park taking the absolute mickey out of him. Oh, at, yeah. At Paddy's Cafe. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. David um, says his mates say he's too boring to be on television. And Bill, you know, um, Rona defends Bill, saying, you know, the Bill was just doing the right thing. And then this next bit, I think, is really sort of encapsulates why this the the whole ideas behind this episode and something that still remains relevant to this day, similar to greed. Mm -hmm. You know, people in the greed, the lottery is still going and people's lives are ruined by the lottery. But more so now with reality TV and still being 
I mean, our TV's still going, isn't it? I mean, Love Island's just started again. Yeah. Um, I think, I I think the next phase of this sort of I um sort of genre, should we say, is probably social media. Yes, I, I would say so. Influencers, TikTok, YouTube vloggers, Snapchat. If that's still going, I, I lose I lose track with whether Snapchat's still around or not. Yeah, I was going to say, I never actually engaged. I never really engaged with those sorts of things. I, I did have things like Twitter and Facebook ages and ages ago, but I've, I've long, long come off all those sites and, you know, sort of closed down all the accounts just because it's just completely lost interest. Yeah. It's one of those things, I think, where actually fame from something kind of more superficial is mm. more relevant now than it was then. But the way mm-hmm. they discuss how what what the appeal of the final documentaries is is still something we 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 see today. You know, yes. Bill asks, you know, why why is it they wanted to film a so called typical working family so they can watch it in the evening and tell each other how horrible they are and how grateful they are they're not as dreadful as them. And then you know, that is something that we all do. And actually, mm-hmm. that's what was going on with the sitcom at the beginning of the episode, the, the fictional sitcom, the, the terrible family sitcom. Mm-hmm. How a lot of people will have reacted to 2.4 children. And they were, they were in, I think it was a meta joke in the sense that obviously that's how some critics viewed the show, but it's also how the audience view television in general. It's trying to yeah. see, well, it's a mirror on our lives, but it's not quite on us. So therefore, it's not realistic enough. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So Bill then says, you know, it was even the papers how terrible this family is. They were probably chosen because they're far worse than we could ever be. And that's another thing. These shows, my dog again. Sorry, guys, for, for if anyone here, my dog's messing around. Um, Bill says, you know, it was in the papers. Now that is typical of even today, pre-publicity social media articles we know about people before they go on that's like the apprentice you know we know about the the candidates before the first episode shown absolutely yep there's no sort of suspense really no and i think it it's it's still again still even more relevant now and so about to start ben tries to switch the telly on but the remote's not working so he says harry it's a cute little harry the dog walks over to the telly and then he goes close to the telly and then there's a close-up of a dog paw switching the button on the telly. And I love how you just know it's a prop, but it yes. works so well. Yeah, it sort of reminds me, have you ever seen the film Caddyshack? The no, golfer. But I know my dad's uh, in, yeah. Yeah, there's a golfer in it. Like, it's just so in your face obvious that it's a puppet, but it's still, but it doesn't ruin the film at all. In fact, it makes it funnier. Yeah, I agree because... Because it's so absurd. I mean, it could it could even be that they got the, the the dog's paw and then just sort of pushed it towards the the button. I don't know how the behind the scenes of the scene worked, but it, you're right. It it just makes it funnier. Actually, it's a charm to it. Yeah, even even I know I keep talking about other episodes, but even with after the fox, you know, when you can see the fox's tail, you just know that that must have been a prop or even a cuddly toy. But yes. it's, it just it's funny. It is. I think sometimes things that look in inverted commas, a bit naff. I say mm-hmm. that politely. It gives it a charm. If things look too real, there's mm-hmm. some, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, you have to, you, there's, sometimes you need to suspend your disbelief. You just have to suspend disbelief and suspend belief. You've just got to mm-hmm. go with what is on there. 
and just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Just use your imagination. Agreed. So again, this is probably the second episode where the idea of the average families brought in Sweet Hereafter had it because, of course, mm-hmm. they, they were chosen to um, try out all the test food, food for the because they are a typical average family. So on the TV is the opening of Average Family, which is the name of the, doc- the documentary, week one. The narrator is Andrew Marshall, the guy who's mm-hmm. narrating the episode. And the house is very similar, if not the same as the Porters. There are some notable differences. It's structurally, the layout is the same, but decorated differently. It's a lot bearer, different mm-hmm. colours, um, beads instead of a door to the kitchen. And the Baker kids are David and Lenny are spending an evening at home. Voice comes from the kitchen saying, dinner will be ready in 20 minutes. Your dad's favourite. And then we see David and Lenny, who are played by, uh, and I say this politely, a less glamorous Claire and John. Yes, oh, absolutely. Um, the dogs... Jenny the, looks... Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, the one that's sort of playing the Jenny, you know, frumpy and just, yeah, they don't, they don't look appealing. It's it um it, but 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 with the kind of on the outwardly sort of similar look in just in terms of the hair and and similar east oh, clothes yes. and stuff, um but yes. you know but I think that's what they're trying to get across, and yeah. and even Lenny talks like Jenny would saying oh God lumps of animal fat in gloop why didn't we just saw a cow up in the middle of the room, <laughs> and it, it was just very funny like that is such a Jenny that like oh God. Exactly. And, and, and already instantly, you just know where this is going. Helen Tyler plays Lenny and has few IMDb credits, but David Baker is played by Oliver Jackson, uh, an actor who's still working in independent films and theatre. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and so it's, I love IMDb for these sort of things. Father yeah. Len is a self-employed roofing contractor. So Len, obviously Len Ben, enters saying, sorry, I'm late. Mmm, shepherd's pie. Now... <laughs> He's played by Ross Gurney Randall, whose most recent credit was It's a Sin, the Russell T. Davis drama from last year. Um, I think this actor looks a lot like Rick Hugendun, who played Ben in Keys and Co., the Danish version of 2.4 Children. Mm. Um, yeah. He's obviously, you know, they're, they're really making, he looks like Gary. He looks, I think he's made to look a lot dopier <laughs> or seem dopier yeah, than Gary. Sure. Um, and I love how Ben looks at Bill very confused and Bill's like, perhaps their friends are much more horrible because they're all tra- expecting something more than this. So then well, what I find So what I find really amazing is that they, I just assume that these people here were just extras. I didn't realise they were, they were well, actors. Well, Lynette, I'll tell you, the, 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 the Rhoda is an interesting mm-hmm. lady. So Lenny opens the door and says, Mum, it's Rhoda. So Rhoda enters, dressed up like Rona. I'd say a little more streetwalkery. Is that a nice thing to yeah. say? Yeah, I, a little I bit more, so. a little bit more streetwalker than than than, yeah. than Rona. Um, <laughs> she's played by an actress called Giselle Wolfe, who is a London and New York-based cabaret singer and actress, and she has her own website. Oh wow! Uh, Rhoda is the name of the Mary Tyler Moore character and who also had a spin-off series called Rhoda in the 70s. And I think Andrew said before that Rona's name, she was named after Rhoda, I think. But it's, again, I think it's clever because we're seeing reflective reflections of the, the Porter family 
and their reaction to them. Like Rowan's like, God, look at her. She looks the right tart. <laughs> Just so, so not so she because she's not self-aware, because that's kind yes. of reflective of her. But we're judging other people. It's the idea that we judge other people for things that we are, for the things we are. Yes, exactly. And the whole, you know, when they made a point of wanting to be, you know, really, really interesting, this sort of goes to show that actually, you know, most households are the same. Yeah, it, exactly. And yet people will criticise others, but not be self-reflective, which is always interesting. Yes. Yeah. Ben says, oh, they don't look ter- very terrible to me. Me neither, Dave says. Bill says, of course they are. Look at them. Oh, no, that dreadful husband. And it's like, I thought he looked quite handsome. Because he's trying to make him, because he knows he's like him. He's trying to make yes. himself feel better. And was like, and that stupid looking boy. And Dave's like, <laughs> they're not horrible at all. They're just the same as us. So why do they choose them? And Bill's like, ah, oh, well, we haven't seen the mother yet. It's like, well, we read all about her. She's really terrible. Bossy, suspicious, argumentative, really stupid. And it's funny because she's, again, lacking self-awareness. That's all probably the things, though, about her, really. Yeah, and I love the fact that actually in this scenario, Ben and David both can see themselves in those people, but yet Bill, who's normally the astute one, literally can't, can't sees connect. herself. But she does yeah. see herself. That's the funny thing. Oh yeah, she sees herself. Yeah, but she yeah, but she can't connect it with um, sort of David and and Len. No, oh no no Len yeah and Len and, yeah yeah. It's interesting because it, yeah, I think I think in a way, Rona's the least self aware mm-hmm. she doesn't get it ben and david are a bit can be stupid but i think they generally get ben david gets it more than ben ben's a bit mm-hmm. like well i think he's quite handsome you know yes he's something in the back of his mind whereas bill's the most clever one of them all so she sees it mm-hmm. so when we see rhoda runs a small business with mrs baker so on the telly we hear mrs Baker first going all right, what's going on? And it's a firstly, then it's close up of Bill looking a little bit shocked. So back on the telly is Mrs. Baker is Belinda Lang. Bill, with short, red, dark red hair, sort of similar to Rona's hair, actually. Yes. And she's dressed in a similar clothes, but a bit probably more like a, a, a tracksuit type clothes. It's like, yes. what's going on? I know you're all up to something. If it wasn't for me being the sensible one, heaven knows what we would be doing by now. And it's just, it's quite funny because Bill, it's just, he can see herself in her and it is literally her, but it's its a really mm-hmm. clever decision in the production to do that because they say she is the most aware, self-aware and to have her be in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really clever that. God, it looks, she looks really, oh God, yeah. And then just ben, that head, he's made it look so different. It's really unappealing. <laughs> And then Ben says, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. It's like, she's horrible. And it's like, what a cow. Living with her would be a nightmare. And Ben goes, nightmare. David, yeah, nightmare. And they both turn to Bill and together say, nightmare, 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 nightmare. So we're zooming in on Bill's face. We continue hearing them say nightmare, nightmare. We hear a repeat of the line, Have, if if it wasn't for me being the sensible one, heaven knows what we'd be doing by now. And then you hear Ben say from earlier, don't want to be famous, don't want to be famous, what's the matter with you? And the we cut to Bill and Ben's bedroom, which, as I say, new design, new, even the bed sheets look more modern. The old bed sheets they had look like something you'd imagine Bet having. <laughs> um, 
very modern bills in bed and she wakes up she's had another one of her nightmares similar to i'm going slightly mad fortuosity but then again is it is it is it a premonition or is it happened because of where we go next bill gets up looks at the clock and says why didn't somebody wake me it's like we didn't want to she says what do you mean you didn't want to there's an unknown female voice says we wanted it to be a surprise so then next scene bill goes downstairs we appear at the top of the stairs with green wallpaper painting behind her and she goes surprise what do you mean surprise and she just stops and i hear i love the audience they go oh yeah she turns around jaw to the ground and we have there's a close-up of carol smiley the tv presenter smiling and goes hello then we then cut to the shot of the whole living room which is now turned into the most garish design uh, ever uh, a mess when i was younger i always thought you know the, the um sort of that table if you can even call it that i always thought when i was younger it was a bathtub that's what i said just- yeah yeah, it was just they were just being really, I don't know, abstract. I remember thinking, what they've put a bathtub in the front room. Yeah, it 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 it's just so garish. So the walls are half green and bright purple. There's white black squared floor, which is kind of like how kitchens look like looked then. That's probably the most mm-hmm. normal thing there. There's a garish orange with Dalmatian pillows. As you say, a coffee table that looks like a bathtub with ladybird circle patterns, um, a yellow board at the top with like golden bowl on it. And if you see above the radiator by the stairs is a portrait of the family, which is actually a series four promotional image. You, I was yeah. going to say about that. I've seen this episode, God knows how many times I've watched it so much. And it was only when this episode was available on BBC iPlayer. And obviously it's much clearer. But I actually realised it was a picture from series four yeah. of the four of them. Never, ever, I've never, ever so. noticed that. I was completely blown away. I was just because I've seen it so many times. But yeah. I've never noticed that before. Yeah, it's I like the little detail in that. Is that mm-hmm. they've used that as a because it's a great family photo, but it works as a promotion for the series. But it's yeah. funny that the frame is like poppies. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so Cal Smiley just goes, We've been working on it all night. What do you think? And Ben turns around with a change room jacket, red jacket with the yellow logo going. He goes, We're on changing rooms. <laughs> Jenny, smi- Jenny smiles Bill's jaw drops the ground and that ends the episode now it's interesting because Changing Rooms was huge at this point um, really popular series and it's funny you know because do you remember Changing Rooms? No I, I remember Carol Smiley being on TV and I'd heard Changing but I'd never actually watched an episode yeah I, so it's come back recently. I think it was a Kirsty Allsop who did it. They, they brought it back for Channel 4 Changing Rooms quite recently. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because a while ago, I was you know, on Channel 5, they've got these uh, shows which are like the 30 controversial moments from the 90s or, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of um, sort of looking back on nostalgia. And one of them was about 90s reality TV or fly on the wall and stuff. And one of them was about Changing Rooms. And it was an episode from 1998. It was a woman who had agreed to have beyond changing rooms and the, and her reaction to the house i mean it was awful it was i just... think i i think i may have seen it because that sounds really familiar 
it was it was so funny because and this woman was actually interviewed this was a thing that was on like 20 years later but she was interviewed she's like I just went in and, and she cried on the show and her husband was so funny her husband was trying to console her hugging her and he was just laughing he just thought the whole <laughs> thing was so funny but what's clever is it's actually playing up to that idea that what they were making in changing rooms was actually quite unappealing it wasn't particularly classy it's quite ugly really yeah I think so and so yeah this is the, I think that scene you know when they're watching themselves that is the closest we get to 2.4 goggle box when they're watching telly I think so it's like yeah, giving their feedback in Chiswick the porters <laughs> and their neighbour Rona it's like awful Craig Cash impression um <laughs> I think for me, this is probably the last kind of classic 2.4 episode in terms of the series that we knew up to this point, because yeah. Declan's going to come into the next episode. Jenny's not in it. Almost mm-hmm. all cast are in this one. Yeah. It reminds me of, of Greed and, and other episodes. And, and it is definitely feels like the beginning. It feels like a, a nice entry point to the new era. And before we finish the review um there's not we haven't finished the episode actually so this series was one of i I don't know if it was if this was something that happened previously but three episodes in this final series included a post-credit promo gag in this one we begin with belinda staring at the camera and says Hello, just to remind you that the new series of 2.4 Children will be on the same time next week. And then we hear a sound of... <laughs> and it's Gary walking on, dressed up as Wolf Harris, with a white rabbit, cuddly toy, and goes, that's right, Cobbles, straight after me. <laughs> Rolf, Ralph, with Animal Hospital, little fluffy rabbits. <laughs> and Belinda's just looking quite, quite, quite in shock and, and grinning awkwardly, and she's like... So, join us next week at this time at 8.30 on BBC One. Where did you get that embarrassing false beard? He goes, it's in your end bag. Can you tell who it is yet? I mean, it's a very I funny... Oh, again, I was, I was shocked. When I, when I saw that, I was really shocked. I didn't expect that at all. I mean, there's, there's two more. One at the end of Carry On Screaming and then one little sort of end gag at, in Millennium Experience, but... I mean, it's a really funny. I mean, Gary's impression of Wolf Harris is just wonderful. I mean, it's aged as well as milk now. But if Wolf <laughs> was still a national treasure and, and had been a nice person all his life, mm-hmm. it would still it would it would it wouldn't have aged as badly, really. I mean, he's still exactly, alive. He'd, if, he'd be on telly if he was <laughs> not in jail. Well, exactly. But I didn't think it was actually kept edited because of what happened to him. I don't, I don't actually think that's been included in that episode since its first broadcast no and i don't think any of the others have it's just what's interesting no. because of brit because of on iplayer and i've seen that on, on i've seen this clip on on social media before but on the iplayer when you have the subtitles on when you get to the end of fame before obviously it goes rolls into the next episode but just before it does it actually comes up with the subtitles join us for the same time next week so it's like it's coming it's it's part uh, of it but it's been edited out yeah i think if oh, it wasn't a shame if it wasn't for the that what what happened with Wolf Harris? I think it would still work now, even though mm-hmm. it's not on next Tuesday at eight thirty after Animal Hospital. It would still just be a funny thing to watch. But I wonder if Andrew still wanted that 
to be included within the episode because right at the end of that, you know, when the BBC's um, logo comes up. Yes. So I wonder if, if if Andrew wanted that kept in as sort of a gag. I mean, do, do you know in the next few episodes if there were any more of those segments? As far as I can see, it's just fame, Karen screaming in Millennium okay. Experience, I think. Okay. But yeah, yeah I, I think it's a great treat uh, to, to find these things because it was very funny. Yes. Forrest, this is your last episode. I've been an absolute joy having you on and I'm so glad we finally got to your first the episode that you actually requested you've been such a big help (laughs) when I've needed a guest on other episodes so your favorite episode I don't think I need to to ask but I will anyway out of five stars oh god definitely a five yeah yeah five stars I'm giving it five as well actually watching the episode again watching these episodes as as part of the podcast is a very um you know i see more in it each time and i sort of reckon i sort of get some of the things more now Mm -hmm. and i think it's a really clever episode and i think although tv was changing sitcom wise at this point obviously the world family starring obviously a couple years later 2.4 was one of the last sort of great studio comedies and it Mm -hmm. proved that even in the new era and with the change in aspect ratio, it's still it's still inventive and clever. Yes, I think so. Yeah, and particularly uh, as I mean, I know they didn't know it was going to be the final series, but the fact that it's a you know a final series, this um this episode I think is just absolutely fantastic. Well, I've always said that series eight is is my favorite series. Yes. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I remember. You, I remember you saying it. It's uh, not. It's one I've not watched as often. I've seen. I've probably seen Fame and Millennium Experience a lot. The rest I haven't mm-hmm. seen as much. So I'm really excited okay. to see them. Yeah, I, I'm always curious to know what people think about Series Eight. Because mm. um, I don't know. There always seems to be a, you know mixed feelings. I, I remember once when it was the first available on YouTube. I think I commented something saying, "Oh, you know, I think Series Eight is the best series." And somebody actually commented saying, "Oh, I think it's the weakest." So I'm always interested to know yeah. what they think about the last series. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like I say, I'm intrigued to go moving forward with the, from a podcast point of view and see what I think of yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Forrest, again, thank you for all the times you've been on the podcast. Thanks for always being a enthusiastic guest and um, keep in touch. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Oh, it's been great fun and great start to the final series. Next week is the final return, well, the final appearance of Liz Smith and the first appearance of Alex Q as Declan. And it's the return of Emma, who we met in The Sweet Hereafter. Kind of appropriate in the guest who joined me to discuss the first time we met Declan and now the second time, but almost like the first time. As ever, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 2.4 Podcast. And you can also find 2.4 Children streaming and DVD campaign on Facebook. And you can watch 2.4 Children on BritBox and BBC iPlayer now. Thank you very much for listening and fame is bad for you.